Good morning. Um, I've had a really good uh, weekend, and if I were to put my weekends under one theme, one word, it would be youth, young people. And so yesterday I was at a ultimate tournament for high school students, and uh, none of the regular coaches were able to show up. And I play ultimate frisbee, so they had a, a you know a junior high coach showed up, and I I just kind of stepped in and helped coach. I don't know if they wanted it, but <laughs> I helped coach, so that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do that, and it was uh, fun to. Uh, Coach Isaiah and not get too crazy out there with family dynamics. And uh, so that was fun. And then Wednesday evening, we had our first, uh, it was Wednesday evening, right? First youth group, uh, middle of the week youth group gathering. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Any youth in the house? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to be cool and relevant and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, uh, you know, they told me, do you know the gritter or jitter or, oh, the gritty. Yeah, the gritty, which is some dance. And so I, I guess it's uh, looking up, it was uh, Vikings Justin Jefferson that made up the you know, touchdown dance of the gritty. So, you know, I think you kind of go like, <laughs> and then you get the three going. Yeah, so I know the gritty. So now I can officially, you know, roll with the youth and stay relevant. And then yesterday we had um, a under the circus tent murder mystery night. And so... Margarita was host, and she planned the whole thing. Thank you so much for doing that. And we had a bunch of youth and their friends come, and it was really fun to uh, role play and act and stuff and accusing each other of murder, exactly. And we learned a lot about, are you acting or are you really that way? So wasn't quite sure, wasn't quite sure, but it was a lot of fun, and so... It's just good to know that we are continuing to gather and become family, and we are growing, and God is, you know, growing our children, our youth, and all of us. And so it's a really exciting time. I really feel in my heart that the Spirit is moving and doing something special here at Renew in Linwood, and um, that we we should be here in this place, that it makes a difference that Renew Church is here in Linwood. And if we weren't here, I believe our community would miss it, and a huge part of the gospel and Jesus Christ would be a little off or missing um, in our community. So that's really fun. Um, But I wanted to ask a question. What do you think about when you put your clothes on in the morning? Right? What do you think about when you put your clothes on in the morning? Maybe you're not a morning person, so you don't think at all. But, um, you know, I think on some days, dressed, it might be about function, right? What am I doing that day? Am I going, working in the yard? So I'm going to put on my work boots, my work pants, and some gloves. Um, or maybe it's a, 
a work day and you've got a Zoom meeting for work with other managers. And so you're like, I'm going to wear um, appropriate professional top, at least the top, right? Since it's only Zoom. Um, or it could be about how you're feeling. It might not just be about being professional or whatever your job is. It might be on that morning how you're feeling. Like, when I'm feeling good about myself and what I look like and my weight or whatever, I'm going to put on my skinny jeans and my tight jeans and be like, I look good, yeah. Um, as a side note, my son the other day said, I'm like, you know, I'm in shape, right? And I'm flexing in front of him. He's like, Dad, you know, yeah, I'll give it to you. Maybe the bottom half of you looks like you're an athlete. You got okay legs, but the top half of you, you look like a 50-year-old man. I'm like, oh! I'm like, so you're saying I'm a frog. Um. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? But how you're feeling, or maybe you don't feel so good inside. Maybe... You know, you're a little self-conscious, so you're like, I'm going to put on my favorite hoodie, sweatshirt, right? And my sweatpants, and I'm going to roll that way. <laughs> or you're just going to chill at home and not go outside. So my most comfortable T-shirt and my shorts or some sweatpants, and that's how I'm going to roll today. So what we wear, um, or what we choose to wear is kind of a reflection of function and also, it's a reflection of how we feel inside. And there's another factor of what we want to communicate to other people out there, right? So, you know, sometimes I like to wear my Star Wars shirts or, you know, Luke, I am your father shirt, right? That tells, you know, it conveys a message. When I go to a Seattle coffee shop, I can be like, yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. You know, I'm kind of, you know... What do you call it? I'm, I'm kind of hipster like that, right? I wear my Star Wars shirts. Uh, or I'm, you know, I'm not for too formal. I'm casual and laid back, right? Or, you know, or we wear, you know, logo shirts like, I'm from Renew Church, so talk to me about Jesus, right? Um, whatever, whatever. I, I actually don't like to wear shirts with logos because I don't like to be, you know, I'm not a joiner, so I don't like to be like, that's what he espouses. That's what he claims. That's what club he is in. Um, I will wear a Renew shirt, and I'll get back to that later. But uh, once again, our clothes are a function, um, but our choices are also dependent on how we feel inside about ourselves and what we want to communicate to others about who we are, what we stand for, um, what we're about. Um, I'm going to read Colossians 3. Um, and our central verse is 13 uh, on forgiving one another. But I'm going to start with verse 11 and end with verse 15. Colossians 3, 11, and this is from the NIV. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And here's our verse. Bear with each other and forgive one another. 
If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. But let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. So verse 12 of this chapter begins with one of Paul's therefore. Therefore. And uh, therefore what? Therefore, because Christ became human and lived for us. Therefore. Because Christ died for us. Therefore. Because Christ is risen. Therefore. Therefore what? Therefore, we're new. We're new people. We're new creatures. And we are a new together. We are a new community. As it says in verse 9 and 10, we have taken off our old selves, our old clothes, and have put on new selves. And these new selves are constantly being changed, constantly being renewed in the image of our creator. And just as through the incarnation, Christ put on human flesh or became human, we too, when we follow Jesus, when we're Jesus' disciples, when we believe and receive Jesus, we put on our new identity. We put on the new clothes of Christ and live like Christ. So just as when we choose our clothes, it's some sort of reflection of identity, reflection of how we are inside and a presentation of that identity to the world out there. So too, we take on the new clothes of Christ and it's a reflection of our identity and our acceptance and reception of this newness because of what Christ has done and that's the therefore. Because Christ has done this, we are a new community and we should, and the whole of chapter 3 is, we should act like this now. Um, even more specifically, the therefore points back to verse 11, right? Christ is all in all. Um, and Paul goes on to write that among Christ's community, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. There is no black or white or Asian or Hispanic or rich, or poor, or educated, or uneducated, Democrat, or Republican, citizen, or immigrant, senior, or child, coffee drinker, or tea drinker, blue and black dress, or gold and white dress. You, you guys notice that reference? <laughs> yes, we are these things. You know, we, th this is a part of our identity, our upbringing, our backgrounds. Um, but here in, here in this place, in Christ, we are brought together and called into unity and family because of who Christ is, because Christ is our peace, and the peace of Christ rules in us. Therefore, therefore. But this is easier said than done, right? <laughs> but let's get practical. This isn't something that magically happens. 
when you show up to church, right? You show up to church, you're going to act like this. You're going to act like Christ. Um, it isn't a mystical experience. Um, it isn't a magic trick. Uh, because of our identity in Christ, because of the therefore of Christ, we are to put on the clothing of Christ, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that list may sound familiar. Many of those we recognize as fruits of the Spirit, right? Um, not mystical, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, we are these things because of Christ and because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. But there are also decisions that we make on a day-to-day -day basis. It's very practical in our relationships with one another. We choose into these values, right? We wear these clothes. We intentionally and actively wear these clothes because this is who we are. This is what we want to show to the world, right? I am a Christ follower. I wear the clothes of Christ. We live into the empowerment and then live out of the power assist from the Holy Spirit. Are you with me, church? And then verse 13. You could say our verse, uh, verse 13 is kind of the vertex or the crux of this section in Colossians 3. Bear with one another and forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. Um, and even as I say that, I realize that the very next verse uh, elevates love as the highest virtue, right? And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity, right? But what does love look like? What does love look like? It looks like compassion. It involves kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience in our relationships, Um all of these, uh, all of these uh, lesser values or virtues are expressions of the all-encompassing virtue of love. That's my opinion. Love binds everything together in perfect unity. Um, so if patience was an accoutrement or an accessory, like maybe it'd be a vest or a scarf, then love is the entire ensemble, right? The whole thing. Uh, your suit or your outfit. You get it? <laughs> I'm trying to extend this metaphor, but I don't know if it's working or not. It's Paul's metaphor. Um, but forgive one another is given its own verse, right? And it's part of our theme, one another. There's something special about forgiveness as it relates to love. And maybe forgiveness requires all of the other things listed earlier. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. You need all of those things to forgive, right? Or to reconcile. And also, like, what's the relationship between forgiveness and love? If you remember in Luke, I think it was seven, right? Um, the sinful woman who anoints Jesus' feet with oil and wipes uh, with her tears and wipes his feet with her hair, right? Jesus recognizes her and sets her up as an example 
contra uh, the religious leaders, um, saying, you know, I came to your house and you didn't wash my feet. You didn't do any of these things. She has come and done all of this for me. And he sets up in verse 47, Luke 7, verse 47, he sets up this relationship between love and forgiveness. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. And then what? As her great love has shown. As she's shown great love, her many sins is, have been forgiven. So what came first? Like the forgiveness came first, so her lo great love has shown, or she's showing great love to me, so that demonstrates to me that she has been forgiven or she's received forgiveness. And then the second part of Jesus' statement is, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So the opposite of that is if you have not received forgiveness, then you tend not to, you're not going to love a lot. So in this context, he's saying, Pharisees, religious leaders, you clearly have not experienced forgiveness because you are not loving a lot. Your hearts are small. But this woman has lavished her love upon me, which demonstrates that she's been forgiven a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think what this means is that being forgiven releases love in us. Releases love in us. Love and then love begets love, right? And this is ultimately, like, modeled by Christ Jesus. Isn't his love the ultimate love that while we were yet sinners, he died for us for what? For the forgiveness of our sins, right? Our, the forgiveness of our sins is a demonstration of his love. So if we receive the forgiveness of our sins, of his his forgiveness, we're also receiving the greatest love. Amen? And when we know this and we receive this, we're not only grateful, right? But we're filled to the brim and love pours out like the tears from the woman's eyes. Pours out like her love for Jesus, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. The other thing I feel uh, I find interesting about this passage, forgive one another, bear with one another, is um, it's still, it's set up one-sided, if that makes sense. It's like, it's, it's, uh, uh, what do you say? It's for the people who have been wronged, right? It's not saying acknowledge your sin and ask for forgiveness. It's saying forgive one another. And that's hard, right? That's hard. That brings up so many questions like I'm the victim here. I've been victimized and you want me to forgive this person? What about them? Are they even acknowledging how they've wronged me, we don't know. But Jesus says forgive. Paul says forgive one another. Do they even know what they've done wrong? Right? There's so many, um, so many problems, you know, so many, so many uh, issues here. Like, yeah, what if they're not even sorry? 
Or how about something that happens repetitively? Someone wrongs you in the same way over and over again, right? Are you supposed to forgive them over and over? Reminded of Jesus' statement to the disciples when they asked, how many times are we supposed to forgive people? And he says, 70 times 7. Being a smart kid, smart aleck kid in Sunday school, I used to say, only 490 times, and then I can stop, right, forgiving people. But what Jesus meant was a lot, right, a lot. But why, why does it seem like the onus is put on the person wrong to forgive? Right? It's so hard. What if it's a systemic sin? What if you're victimized systemically? Like, no, what, you're not sure if one person could claim it, but maybe they said something and it, it invokes, right? It hurts you. Right? And it's a vulnerable thing to say, hey, you know, I feel like my voice is not that loud, so when you said that, it I felt inferior or it diminished me, right? There's a vulnerability on the side of if you need, if you're hurt by someone and you're needing to forgive them, it means bringing up these issues that maybe people don't understand, right? Or they have blind spots or it's too like, man, like you've heard of microaggressions, right? Maybe they're microaggressions or they're, um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word? Fire. No. Fire starting. <laughs> Anyways, I'll get back to it. Huh? Gaslighting. There we go. I was like, I was going to say bird and mining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're gaslighting you. And it feels like you're being hurt, but you can't articulate it or you're not sure or you're saying, maybe I'm crazy. And if you do bring it up, it's going to bring up drama into the situation. It'll make things complicated and people will look at you as that crazy person. You'll be called crazy. So stepping into forgiveness can sometimes be really, really vulnerable, really, really even stepping into more pain, even stepping into the possibility of being hurt even more. What happens if people don't even acknowledge that they've hurt you? Then are we supposed to forgive one another? So I think it's a much, much harder than we think it is to forgive one another and to extend grace. Um, reconciliation is a two-way street. And sometimes, right, one side carries a lot more burden when it comes to reconciling than the other side. And it's hard. I know you'll hear from people of color like, oh, it's so hard to have these conversations or to talk about reconciliation or to talk about diversity because I feel like the burden's always been on me to explain things, to say how I'm hurt, or the burden's on me to teach people. And so you, you have what's called, you know, fatigue, right? Reconciliation fatigue. Because you're like, if I'm a minority or a person of color in a community, Oh, my gosh. You know, 
I have to step into this thing of explaining, explaining, teaching, teaching, showing, showing, right? I'm sure you women out there know that as well, right? Not just people of color, but women in relating to men or being in a culture uh, dominated by men. It's hard. It's hard to forgive. Um, But I think that's where the therefore comes again. What does it say in verse uh, 15? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, right? In Ephesians, there's similar kind of language. Christ is our peace. And above, in verse 11, Christ is our all in all. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised. Like this unity or this coming together, you can't come together just on the surface without things blowing up eventually. You guys know that, right? All right think about who your closest people are. The fr- people you're closest to are the people you probably stepped into conflict with, right? And reconciled with, whether that's family members or close, close friends. I mean, I have hangout friends. I have people on my Ultimate Frisbee team. We laugh and we tell jokes and we play. I wouldn't call them close, close friends. The people I feel close to are the people that, you know, have been hurt by me and have forgiven me. The people that have hurt me and that I've forgiven. The people that I've been honest with and ability had the ability to step into conflict and, and to be reconciled. And that's part of it. Forgiveness and reconciliation requires vulnerability, humility, patience, kindness, right? It involves exposing the places that I've been hurt, right? You know, I don't want to step up uh, to a contemporary, I'll I'll just put my issues out there. I don't want to step up to a contemporary, like, white male pastor who's my age and, like, learn from them, right? Or show that they hurt me or they took power away from me or whatever because that's saying I'm less, right? That feeds into my sense of inferiority, right? Or do I have authority, right? And I'm sure many of you have experienced similar things or in different settings or contexts. It's a vulnerable thing to step into being reconciled, (laughs) right? Because on your end, you have to articulate that you've been hurt that that they got you, right? And on the other side of things, yeah, there's the continual learning and recognition that I have blind spots, that I hurt people, I say things or I do things that I don't even recognize. It's just the air I breathe, right? Or it comes out of just how I was born or my privilege, and I don't know when I'm stepping on people or hurting people. So what am I supposed to do, right? I'm sure many of us have felt that way as well. It's so, so difficult. Um, And I think love, that's why love 
putting on the clothes, the outfit of love, that love binds everything together in perfect unity, right? When we say, when our circle of friendship increases and we deepen with people, we deepen in our, in our commitment to people, like, we have relationships all the time, but we can step out of those relationships if we don't like it, right? When I'm hurt, my mode is avoidance, right? Like, I'm hurt or I'm mad at some, someone, instead of dealing with it, I just avoid that people, person, right? I just don't hang out with them or I don't talk to them or I don't, you know, I don't have to be around them. And I think our culture has gotten good at that, right? When we're hurt by people or we disagree with people, we just don't roll with them, right? We just avoid that conflict, avoid that situation. But in Christ's community, there's a commitment to be together even when we're different, even when, man, you're annoying, right? But because of Jesus, we're siblings and in the same family, so we got to stay in this. It's like a mar our marriage vows, right? We're committed to this, and the more people, more you're committed to a relationship, the messier it gets, and the deeper and more vulnerable um, that person goes roots into your heart. Amen? Um, forgive one another. I believe forgiving one another as a church is one of the keys to being the diverse, beloved community, the family of God, of difference, right? And because the church and outside world notoriously does not handle conflict well and reconciliation well, that's why we're not, that's why we're so divided as a church. That's why you don't see as much diversity in the church, because we're avoided. We just will veer towards where <laughs> things are comfortable and, and shy away from the real work of reconciliation and relationships, right? Where we do go, ah, oh, this feels crazy, but you know, when you said that, this came up in me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to entrust you with this. Oh, because you know what? People can just stomp on that or worship, whatever. I don't, what? what are you talking about? Ouch. Ouch. <sighs> um, funny story about this shirt. Uh, a couple of years ago um, when, you know, in our area, stores were mandating masks. It was just starting, and there was, you know, conflict. People were, like, still unsure. You know, you saw the videos, Costco people, like, being overrun by, I don't have to wear masks. Yes, you actually, legal, you do have to wear a mask. If I, I can refuse your, your entrance in here, right? So it's back and forth, and you'd see all these videos of people fighting and getting into drama over masks. And I was in a Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a Hobby Lobby, and, uh, you know, there was an older gentleman uh, not wearing a mask, and he was getting into it with the uh, clerk. And, like, she's like, I can't serve you. You need to wear a mask. You need to leave. He's like, no, 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 no. He was just saying all this stuff. 
And me, being a nosy person, <laughs> was like, sir, you should wear your mask or, or leave, right? And uh, I don't know how it came out, but he mentioned that I was Chinese, right? <laughs> All I heard was Chinese, right? I don't know if he thought I was Chinese, but either way, uh, the way my mom retells it is, all I, I said, Chinese? I'm not Chinese, <laughs> right? I'm Korean. And I kind of, you know, I could feel it coming, and I, like, you know, stepped into a space. Nothing happened, nothing happened. Um, but it got heated. The ar argument got heated. My parents were with me, and my dad was like, my dad was like, I never heard this voice uh, since I was a kid, right? This, he's like, David. All of a sudden, I was 12 again. <laughs> and my dad's a pastor, too. And anyways, we decided to, you know, part ways. And I'm walking out of Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and my mom goes, look, you're wearing your renewed church shirt. <laughs> and they still, like, they still go after me over that, like, <laughs> I'm like getting in this guy's face and like being, you know, being aggressive and rude. And they're like, and come to Renew Church. <laughs> so, um, forgive one another. <laughs> yeah, you can forgive someone even if they don't know it. Right? Even if they know, don't know it. And sometimes we have these rigid rules like, they must say they're sorry in this way, and then I will forgive them <laughs> in this way. But really, you know, just because you say sorry and I forgive you doesn't mean the thing gets resolved anyways. Right? People do it over and over again, or there's residual bitterness. Right? But as Christ followers and Christ community, we walk the extra mile, even when it sucks. We forgive. We strive to forgive one another. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the work on the cross and your salvation and the forgiveness of our sins. And because of this, we take on, we claim you. We put on your clothes. We're in your crew. And that means we live in a different way. And that means our community and family looks different than the world looks. Help us to put on your clothes and to forgive one another.